No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see that it wasn't only sacrificial animals that were accepted on the altar of the tabernacle. The Lord also gave Moses instructions for presenting grain in its various forms. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 2 on Simply the Bible. Does our service really matter to God? Many people serve God in so many ways. How does God look at all these? Today we will see how a certain offering under the Old Covenant pointed to the service that we give to Christ. Speaking from the tabernacle, the Lord gave Moses instructions for the five acceptable offerings. The first three were called sweet savor offerings and were voluntary. People brought these out of a love for God. The last two were sin offerings. They were mandatory if you wanted to be forgiven of your sins. Today we look at the grain or meal offering. We pick it up in Leviticus chapter 2. When anyone offers a grain offering to the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour, and he shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. He shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests, one of whom shall take from it his handful of fine flour and oil with all the frankincense. And the priest shall burn it as a memorial on the altar, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering shall be Aaron's and his son's. It is most holy of the offerings to the Lord made by fire. Now, think what all was involved in this. First, you had to grow the grain. This involved sowing, watering, fertilizing, and harvesting. Then you had to mill the grain to make fine flour. They didn't have the mills that we have today. Usually they would grind it down by hand with a pestle in a rock bowl. All of this was time consuming. Therefore, the grain offering was a way for them to turn their labor into a present to God. And this came up before him as a sweet savor. They would pour oil on their grain offering and put frankincense on it. Poured out oil always speaks of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and incense speaks of prayer. This had a practical benefit to the priests because they did not have their own land. They were dependent upon the people for their food supply. So a handful of the fine flour would be burned on the altar, but the remainder would be given to the officiating priest for him and his family to prepare and eat. Verse 4. And if you bring as an offering a grain offering baked in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mixed with oil, or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. But if your offering is a grain offering baked in a pan, it shall be of fine flour, unleavened, mixed with oil. You shall break it in pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. Now, you could choose how you wanted to present your grain offering, whether as fine flour or as baked bread. Personally, I like to make sourdough bread. I enjoy the entire process of taking the sourdough starter out of the refrigerator, letting it sit and activating it, mixing the ingredients, kneading the dough, 
letting it rise, and then finally baking it. But the best part is the smell of the bread while it's baking. The hardest part I have in the whole process is waiting for the bread to cool when it comes out of the oven and not slicing into it immediately, covering it with butter and jam. I'm getting hungry. Now, you could bake a cake of fine flour mixed with oil or wafers anointed with oil, but you couldn't use any yeast or sourdough starter. You could also make it in a pan as a pancake mixed with oil. When you offered it, you'd break it up into pieces and then pour more oil on it. Verse 7. If your offering is a grain offering baked in a covered pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. You shall bring the grain offering that is made of these things to the Lord. And when it is presented to the priest, he shall bring it to the altar. Then the priest shall take from the grain offering a memorial portion and burn it on the altar. It is an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. And what is left of the grain offering shall be Aaron's and his son's. It is most holy of the offerings to the Lord made by fire. The grain offering baked in a covered pan would be deep fried and would come out looking like a donut. I think that that would be my personal favorite. Once again, a memorial portion would be burned on the altar while the remainder would go to the priests. Donuts for all. Verse 11. No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. For you shall burn no leaven nor any honey in any offering to the Lord made by fire. As for the offering of the first fruits, you shall offer them to the Lord, but they shall not be burned on the altar for a sweet aroma. No yeast could be included in the grain offering. Throughout Scripture, yeast represents evil and corruption. The yeast in the bread causes it to be puffed up with air and begins the fermentation or rotting process. This is what sin does. It doesn't take much of it to ruin your life. It spreads quickly and puffs people up. It makes them sour. It causes truth decay. Speaking of evil corrupting the church, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Since all five of the Levitical offerings ultimately pointed to Christ, the grain offering could not have leaven because Christ was pure and without corruption. He was humble and not puffed up. He was sincere and true. The grain offering was also to be free of honey. Honey in the dough aids in the fermentation process. It is an added sweetener. There was no added sweetness with Jesus. Some people are serpy sweet, but they aren't real. Others use charm or flattery to get what they want. The grain offering was a sweet savor just the way it was. It didn't need any added sweetener. So it is with those who walk in the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
This is the natural, or shall I say, supernatural goodness. It isn't artificially sweet. However, God did allow leaven and honey in the first fruit offerings. I'm not really sure why. Could it be that they prefigured the Gentiles joining the assembly of the Lord? Verse 13. And every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. Now, while leaven and honey advances the rotting process, salt slows it down. Before refrigeration, they would pack meat in salt to preserve it. Therefore, salt is a symbol of preservation. The salt of the covenant always speaks of God's everlasting covenant with man. Finally, salt makes things taste good. Imagine your mashed potatoes without salt. Verse 14, if you offer a grain offering of your first fruits to the Lord, you shall offer for the grain offering of your first fruits green heads of grain roasted on the fire, grain beaten from full heads. And you shall put oil on it and lay frankincense on it. It is a grain offering. Then the priest shall burn the memorial portion, part of its beaten grain and part of its oil with all the frankincense as an offering made by fire to the Lord. Now the offering of the first fruits happened in early summer when the first part of the wheat harvest came in. The Feast of Weeks, also known as Pentecost, involved the offering of the first fruits. These were presented differently from the regular grain offerings. They were to be offered as green heads. God wants our first fruits rather than our leftovers. Now, how does the grain or meal offering point to Jesus Christ? Jesus said in John 12, 24, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. A grain of wheat falls to the ground at the end of the season. It remains buried in the earth through the winter. Then it comes to life in the spring and brings forth many grains of wheat. Likewise, Jesus died, was buried, and sprung to life again. Through his death and resurrection, many inherit the gifts of salvation and eternal life. Jesus also said in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Are we partaking of the sustenance to be found in Christ alone? Whereas the burnt offering spoke of Christ offering his body for us, the grain offering speaks of him offering his service for us. Even though he was Lord of all, he came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Likewise, we can offer our service to the Lord. Whatever it is you do, whatever you spend your time on, whatever you are gifted at, you can offer this to the Lord. I have been a pastor for nearly 30 years. In that time, I can tell you that the people who grow the most spiritually, the ones who are the happiest in the Lord, are the ones who are serving Him. I have also seen people backslide, and in almost every case, it begins by them stepping out of service. They sort of cop the attitude, eh, been there, done that, 
but it wreaks havoc with their spiritual life. We are made to serve the Lord and to serve him joyfully and wholeheartedly. There was much work involved in bringing the grain offering to God, but it came up before him as a sweet savor, an offering made by fire. Likewise, when you render your service to God with the oil of the Holy Spirit filling you and leading you and empowering you and the incense of prayer through and through, when you serve Christ without the leaven of pride, hypocrisy, malice, or envy, or the artificial sweetener of flattery, then it comes up before God as a sweet savor. I can tell you, as a father who has his son and his daughter, his daughter-in-law, all serving in ministry, it is a wonderful thing to see them serving the Lord. It brings me gladness. But how much more does our Heavenly Father receive gladness when we are serving Him joyfully and wholeheartedly? Don't withhold yourself from serving God. I've known people who are saving themselves for themselves. But Jesus said that if we save our lives, then we will lose them. But if we will give them away freely for His sake, then we will find abundant and eternal life. Try it! You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. You can also text WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's 208-314-3377. Tomorrow we'll look at the instructions the Lord gave Moses for the last voluntary sacrifice, the peace offerings, also known as the fellowship offerings. We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of Leviticus on Simply the Bible. 